What's up, sweet honeys? Welcome to the Why Suck a Dating podcast. My name is Alice. If you're new here, thank you for joining me. I'd love to know where you came from, how you found me. I check my analytics from time to time and uh, I'm able to see where everybody's from on a map and I'm just like, who is in Vegas? Like, who is in France? Please tell me who you are. Find me on Instagram. I'm at Alice Guevara. Um, the podcast Instagram is at why I suck at dating. Let's connect. I just want to know where you're coming from because I'm just so curious how you found me because I'm literally no one. <laughs> I mean, I have wonderful, beautiful friends who take the time to listen to this podcast, but I haven't really done much marketing yet. So I'm just I'm just sitting here in awe and um, definitely so, so grateful. So yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I started this podcast after my last breakup and um, just had this realization that I had been in back-to-back relationships over the past 10 years. And while I've done the work and 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 continued to work on myself throughout the years I I was still so terrified that I was just this oblivious narcissistic asshole just leaving her shit as a trail through all of these poor poor humans and uh I just wanted to do better and I mean you know part of that is sarcasm I do know that I I wasn't a total asshole I mean the fact that I have the willingness to do the work I have to give myself credit um but um the work never ends as we know and uh it's just important for me to to continue to look in the mirror whether that be through partners um through therapy or through these amazing conversations like today's oh my goodness okay so today's guest is Braden Stockfish. He is just this big-hearted lover of humans, nature, and connection. And I, my heart is just so full. So he is a conscious men's coach, community builder, and currently runs The Grounded Man, based in Ottawa. He works with men in one-on-one and group settings to heal and connect with the spirit of the wild man inside. Um, and yeah, this conversation was so special because we were introduced by one of my previous podcast hosts or, um, hosts <laughs> with one of my previous guests, uh, online. So you never know how the conversation is going to go, but, uh, we connected instantly and he made me feel so safe to be vulnerable, especially because sex and alcohol have been such big coping mechanisms in my life throughout all of my relationships since I was young. So to have the opportunity to reflect and look back while being totally terrified to share with everyone is just, oh gosh, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, I'm sweating just talking about it, but at the same time, I'm sharing this with everyone because if I can have one person resonate that that would that means everything that's why I'm doing this so thank you so much I hope you all enjoy I love you so so much and I'll see you on the other side 
But yeah, I actually kind of wanted to start this with a, a quote and see what your opinion was. Hmm. All right. Awesome. So do you know, do you know, you know, Jetty Azuma, right? We talked about this I before. I do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he has this really beautiful quote. So he goes, we have a lot of boys walking around in men's bodies because they have never been formally welcomed into manhood or never had it modeled for them. Um, and I just wanted to know how you feel and what your take is on that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, just hearing that it sends sensations through my body. It's definitely something that resonates and I, you know, in the things that I've learned and my own experience is definitely um, something that I find true. It's, yeah, our, our culture in general has really seemed to have steered away from that rite of passage into manhood and um, even, yeah, myself, you know, I love my father. Uh, he's a great man and had a beautiful childhood, but I think there's a lot of separation from seeing the day-to-day challenge of uh, and and work that's required in being a man and providing for a family and taking care of a family and um, taking care of yourself. And so not seeing like day in and day out and being exposed to what's happening in the life of a man and not seeing that anywhere really around you. It's it's just through our peers really that we start to learn and develop. So um, yeah, I think, you know, we, we really have a lot of adolescents, even men who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, still haven't got into that level of manhood because, yeah, they, they just haven't had it modeled for them. And it's been something that that is lacking, I think, like I say, throughout our, our whole culture, really. Totally. But I do know even the, the rites of passage that we used to use in indigenous cultures and um, in sort of a lot of these tribal cultures was really to take the boy out of that family setting. So it's not so much of a party, but more of a space to, to bring the boy out with the men and to spend some time typically in nature and really learning how to survive, how to be uh, stronger and, and, and really understand the forces of life and nature and, and just the, the chaos of the world. Because for those first you know, 10 to 15 years of our life, we're so nurtured by our mother and, and by, by society that it's, it's time to like break that and step into manhood. Oh my gosh, yeah. It almost seems like they're not there's no sense of responsibility really being integrated into boys lives anymore you know that nurturing that maternal nurturing just continues doesn't it feel that way that there's like this lack of responsibility or self-responsibility that should be taught at a certain age absolutely yeah and i think just in my experience again it's around you know that 13 year old Mark will say, and that's a pretty challenging time in people's lives because it's transitioning from, you know, elementary school into high school as well. And so there's a lot of changes that come stepping into a whole new world where there's way more people and, and you really lose that sense of 
self that you had built in the first 13 years of your life. And then you go into the chaos of this new world and there's all, you know, 17, 18 year olds, men around you and it becomes this whirlwind and plus you're going through puberty and you've got all these chaotic emotions and things are changing in your body and your voice is cracking and (laughs) no one's telling you what any of it means it's just chaos and so all you have is your friends to to look around and learn and and grow and find a place to like fit in and that was one of the most challenging pieces for me is like trying to understand where my role and where my responsibilities were exactly like you say Mm -hmm. and I find it interesting because I mean all of your peers also have no idea what's going on either yeah why do we have such a hard time talking about these things like it think about how we went from you know that ceremony that beautiful ceremony of bringing boy into manhood and now you know it's so awkward for parents to talk to their sons about sex and you know self-pleasure um it's like think about every single movie when that whole like talk about the birds and the bees it's like they always like portray it to be the most awkward thing ever and that just perpetuates even more awkwardness no one we need to start normalizing these conversations right like was did you have the conversation with your parents yeah just as you say that it comes to my mind of I remember I was playing tennis with my dad uh, in our neighborhood and we took a break and sat down on the bench and he kind of was like, all right, Braid, you know, it's time to, time to talk about the birds and the bees. And he said that? Like, yeah, I don't know if he, yeah, it was, he introduced the conversation in, in some way like that, that felt weird, you know, it didn't feel like the normal talk that we would have. And so... Um, and then he started to open up and, and the gist of what I gathered from that and what he said to me was, uh, you know, my dad is a, a pretty strong Christian man right now. And, um, and at that time he, he said, you know, God says we shouldn't have sex before marriage. And, you know, I had sex before marriage and I really regret Um, having sex before I met your mom and you know I just want to make sure that you know that that you don't make the same mistake that I did and and that was basically all the advice or all the you know logic or or yeah that's that was all I got from him was um don't have sex before marriage that's what I learned and it's like okay what do I do with this information and I'm a teenager with hormones. Like I'm definitely going to be drawn towards having sex. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, It it felt very insufficient when I look back on it and I don't blame my dad at all. I just want to say that, but uh, yeah, but it's not at all what I would share with my child. Now there's so much beauty and so much, so much to share in a sexual experience. And I think passing that on is not something to be scared of. It's something to treasure and to honor and to, to pass down. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the conversation, again, like did not, did not even tell you anything that you, that could have been useful for you. Right. Like it was just, it reminds me of, have you seen the movie Mean Girls? I have, I don't know much about it. Oh. There's this scene where they're having sex ed and the teacher's just like, all right, don't have sex. If you have sex, you're going to get chlamydia and die. 
And then he just like starts to type or like write out chlamydia and he's like, K L A and like totally spells it wrong. And then he just starts handing out condoms and that's it. It's the best scene. But I mean, like in the end, so not only have you made that conversation, I mean, are, you know, are our parents making those conversations awkward for the children, but then now they're made to feel like sex is this awkward thing that we just don't talk about. And it then it just and then bring on the shame, bring on all the shame. I mean, even I had shame and I didn't I didn't have my mom was extremely Christian and mm. I say was she still is. But there was no sex talk. There was not even a and OK, here's the best example of how much I did not know about sex as a kid. Remember, obviously, you know, the movie Titanic. Yeah, of course. You know, the, the scene where she like. Kate Winslet's hand just like goes on to the car and you just see her like hand like smear down, down. the window. Yeah. My mom like would cover covered my eyes during that scene for and, and she would cover my eyes during every sex scene. But I remember for the longest time, I had no idea what was going on in that car. Mm. And it actually scared me because it looked so scary. Like if you didn't know what was going on, you would just it looked like a horror movie because it was just like this scary hand in this foggy window. And it wasn't until I was older and watched, I mean, like, you know, watched Titanic and realized, okay, they were having a, a little bone dance in the car, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little action. action. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't build a good foundation for you, like anyone as a child to bring that into teenage life and then into adulthood. It's like, I had such a fucked up view of sex and of my body and you know, to bring every other life experience like trauma into it. I feel like now I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm like 32. <laughs> mm, yeah, I hear you on that. But it sounds like it brings shame and fear. And, and that's exactly what it did for me too, that it's like, how am I supposed to know when I'm meeting the girl that I'm going to marry? And I guess I'm supposed to wait till I actually get married, but it just, yeah, it's so not practical. And it's just like, don't do it. Don't even look at it. I'm not even comfortable with you looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, it. the thing about it is that it, just need, it does need to start at a young age. We do need to start integrating a healthier way to approach sex, to approach these conversations with kids. Um, and the same goes for adults because, I mean... I think that going back to that same quote by Jetty, right? Like we have a lot of boys walking around and we have a lot of girls walking out in women's bodies. I only discovered things about my bodies because I started to read books like woman's anatomy of arousal, which she goes very in depth about woman's anatomy and stuff that I was just like, had no idea about my body before that book. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Just the other day, even speaking with a woman, and uh, I think I I talked about the difference between the vulva and the vagina, and she was like, "Wait, what? Like, what are you talking about?" And I was like, "Wait, you don't you don't know this?" And I didn't want to, yeah, make her feel like she didn't know what we were talking about. But it's just like there's so much disconnect between understanding and and having that intimate relationship with our bodies and and with each other in that sense. And, and so just, yeah, I found that really interesting that it was like, oh, wow, 
how do I know this? And and I don't even have a vulva or a vagina. Yeah, I mean, it it blew my mind when I learned it. it everything kind of made so much more sense. I had I got all these flashbacks from all of my sexual experiences, and I was just like, that's why that feels so shitty. You know, it's because like that's not that's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to vigorously rub that at that time. You know what I mean? Not to, not to make this an explicit podcast by any means. I mean, okay, here's, here's the sadder part is that we have these, you know, these young kids not having proper conversations. And so then they have, all they have is their peers and then porn. So then we have Mm -hmm. the porn industry teaching us how to have sex. And in my experience, personally and with partners and with you know one night stands a lot of people don't really know how to fully enjoy sex because we're just having porn sex mm-hmm. yeah and it's all about the climax it's all about getting to the orgasm and the orgasm always means for a man ejaculation and it's like there's so much that i've been learning recently that is about separating that and learning to really cultivate sexual energy and use it as as a power that can be shared and bring a creative force out into so much more than the bedroom it comes out in work it comes out in art it comes out in my connection with others where yeah there's there's just so much depth in that lower region of our like sacral and root and and like these these lower areas of our body where the power just generates from you know when did you start that journey and how? Yeah, um, how is a good... I had a couple mentors uh, and I read a book by Mantak Chia, um, a guy who... Um, multiple... The Multi-Orgasmic Man was the first book that I read and just that title intrigued me. Like, okay, because yeah, it's typically the one and done thing, right? Like yeah. you you come and then you're tired and roll over and everything's over. And it's like learning that there's a possibility for multiple orgasms was something that, yeah, caught my interest right away. And, and, and so just reading that opened me to the idea that there's this like microcosmic orbit and, and the way that same as in like Kundalini yoga, where you can bring that energy up, from the root chakra up to the to the crown and and then cycle it back down and you're going from the cosmos back down into the earth and like grounding yourself while you're also you know reaching this state of enlightenment and as you circulate that energy through your body becoming aware of your capacity for pleasure and you know when we're having sex it's like there's so much focus in that that lower region and all the pleasure is happening there. So starting to learn how to move that energy through the rest of your body and even like pack it and store it in different areas. Um, it's something I'm definitely still working with, but it's only been, and I'm turning 31 in a few weeks. It's only been maybe two, three years that I've kind of been working into that and diving into that. And, and kind of branched off into some personal teachers and, and working with some, some older men who have been doing these practices. And it really comes down to just, yeah, harnessing that energy in a different way and separating the idea, like I said earlier, from 
orgasm and ejaculation that those are not the same processes um they're they're two distinct events that are happening in our body that at some point get um, you know sort of coalesce together at the same time and then it just becomes a pattern and i i remember as like a young child used to you know uh and i don't know how explicit we get here but um yeah like masturbating in the shower and and it would have an orgasm and it would just feel amazing throughout my body and i remember the first time that like ejaculate actually came out of me and it was like whoa what is this like i have no idea what this is and and then the energy changes it drops and and you feel like a little bit of a depletion and so it's so different and and again it comes back to like this education piece of my father or another man had kind of guided me through that understanding it it could have been such a different relationship that i developed but all i had was my friends at school to go and ask like hey has this ever happened to you guys and it's like yeah yeah it has like all these different things so you just start to learn you don't learn the real meaning of it you just try and hide it away from your parents so wait it's possible for you to have an orgasm without actually ejaculating and absolutely and is that something that were we as humans doing that before and then we it just became merged or what's the history behind that do you know that's interesting yeah i don't know the history behind it i know i know just now that that is very typical in relationships that that is how it is and that's kind of that like our society is driven towards that um you know a goal of having some sort of a a finishing sequence some sort of a finish to what we're we're engaging with and so um yeah i don't know the history of that at all that's an interesting question that I definitely want to look into. Yeah, me too. I'm so intrigued. And I'm also um, intrigued by, you know, you saying the depletion, I mean, obviously the physical depletion, and I don't, I'm still trying to actually figure this out for myself, but I don't know if it's because all of maybe 90, well, this is a big number, uh, a lot, a lot of my sexual experiences (laughs) were with alcohol or and drugs yeah. back in the day yeah. and then even now um i mean i only recently stopped i quit drinking for 10 months in 2021 mm, amazing um and then i just i was able to kind of heal my relationship with alcohol because it was so destructive so so destructive um mm-hmm. but during that 10 months i i really was able to reflect and see how all of my sexual experiences were built on alcohol and mm-hmm. that depletion, that word really resonates with me because I feel like oh, this is such a weird thing to admit, but anytime I have an orgasm with anybody, I have this, you know, obviously this euphoric, amazing, wow, full body. Yes. And then it, and then immediately after I get this kind of sinking in just like feeling of just, I do feel depleted, but in a, in almost in like an anxious way. Mm. And, and then it, it depends on who I'm with. Say I'm with someone I really love that I, I can kind of come back to a moment of safety. But if not, 
I, I feel like almost unsafe. And then I have to basically like power through that. And, but most of the time I, I do kind of have this, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it just doesn't feel you want to like close off. I wouldn't say close off. I just have this kind of feeling that it just goes from like, Oh my God, amazing to just like, Oh, and then it, I guess I've just, I don't know. I think that's why I'm so intrigued by going deeper with sex is because I, I feel like I have yet to, I feel like I've really just, I just haven't really known what it's like to just have, I just think there's so much more to sex mm-hmm. than what I've had. Not to say I've had bad sex. Okay. I've had some great, yeah. great times. Yeah. You're listening partners. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some, some dope times, but I just feel like, you know, I've always had that feeling after. And you know what? At the same time, it's been very rare that I've actually felt fully, fully, 100% vulnerable and comfortable. I always have this like tiny bit of hesitation or a tiny bit of like feeling of unsafety and not because I'm unsafe because of the partner, but I don't know what it is. It's friggin' weird. Mm-hmm. I want to figure it out. And do you, I'm interested of the piece with alcohol and drugs being involved. Do you notice a difference in what that experience is like without alcohol and drugs and is there something there that like I feel like for me I know alcohol and and drugs have been such like a numbing of my experience and so it allows me to engage in things that might not normally feel comfortable or like something that I would open myself up to but once I've had a few drinks or you know, a puff, uh, it allows me to just be like, yeah, okay, let's let this happen, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely a lot more open and, you know, all the classic moves when you're you're drinking and get, you know, you get a little friskier and you get more excited and more apt to want to go hook up, for sure. Um, I guess... Um, Right now, the best I can kind of conclude to my experience and why I feel that weird kind of depletion is that I feel like because a lot of my sexual experiences were built off alcohol that like, because I'm not fully present for them, you know, mm. that I'm I'm actually so inexperienced in a way and not inexperienced yeah. that I just don't know how to have sex, but inexperienced in being mindful in sex and me actually being present in my body. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I think that's something I don't actually think it's something that I really need to work through because um, I almost feel like I've just kind of been deprived of really what how great sex can actually be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, a sacred space to enter with someone for sure. And it can can be incredible when, yeah, like you say, when you're aware of the energy that's flowing between two people and within yourself and you can follow that along and and yeah again start to move it around rather than just letting it get to this place that's like okay let's reach orgasm you know it uh yeah it it really is a a nice shift and again i think men in that regard it's it's less so and and in the men's group that i run it it's so interesting whenever I bring up the conversations of masturbation or porn or sex. And as soon as I like share my experience in some little way and then open it up, it 
it's some of the most electrifying conversations that we have because yeah. there's so much there for men. And, and like you say, like all we know is porn. And so from what I see, a lot of men, all they know of sex is either it's with your partner that you have and the objective is to come or it's in front of a screen watching porn and and that's even faster you know it's like there there's no shame attached to how fast you might come whereas with a woman it feels like oh you know i need to pleasure her and and make her feel okay before i'm allowed to i mean i don't even think all men think in that way um (laughs) but yeah it it's very interesting that that's our relationship when there's it's one of the most powerful acts I think that we have in our, in our sort of uh, tool belt to, to use. Truly. It's such an incredible experience that we've honestly, it, it, it goes to waste. It goes to waste for so many people. I, I mean, that that's exactly how I feel. It does. It's not, I'm not trying to discount. You know, when I talk about my experiences, I'm not discounting the experience. I just know that I've not, I've literally, I'm like on level one and I know that there's just, an infinite amount of levels that you can like move up to with that mm-hmm. experience. It's a gift. You know what I mean? To be able to do that with someone and, or many people, whatever it's, it's, it's a shame that it's not taught. It's not normalized. It's not common. It really, really should be. So do you integrate that into your men's work? Yeah. Uh, in, in little P I always like to bring it up for sure. Like I say, because I know it's such a, a big topic and, um, yeah, I, I definitely like to at least be more focus on just how are we using our energy in that space and, and what do you notice? And a lot of it tends to be just around porn and, and a relationship that men have to porn, because sometimes I know, you know, guys are sneaking off to the bathroom when they have a wife and kids and, they're going into the bathroom with their phone to take a few minutes to to watch porn and have an orgasm there because they're not getting that in the in the regular day to day and so just the space to to share that that's what's happening and then to kind of talk about like hey how do you feel about that like do you want something deeper with your sexual relationship and um so it's very basic like it's not we don't get into the deeper levels that I might in my personal practice, but yeah, it's definitely something that I try to at least open some doors for men to see that there is something else or something much more there to explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even just allowing them to share that probably for the first time for some of those men, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to have kids, but, if you were, or like, how would you want to have those conversations with your kids? You know, how would you want to teach them about how to like understand the beauty of sex and the beauty of connection and what it is to go from being a boy to a man? Yeah, it's a a good question. I, I definitely see myself being a father one day. Um, in no rush to get there. I'm still learning how to father myself on many levels. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, 
you know, the first piece that comes to mind is kind of what you touched on of, you know, with your mom covering your eyes in, in the Titanic and other sex scenes. And it's like, I don't want to hide what is so prevalent among humans. I want it to be something that is very okay and, and acceptable to ask questions and to open up. So it's like the day-to-day experiences of being naked in the house or being, you know, uh, like romantic and, and connected with my partner. Obviously, I don't want to introduce these things before they need to be, but to have that healthy relationship encouraged and modeled through action first and foremost. And, and then, yeah, when the time comes around, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that range, depending on how the, the boy is developing, I think it would be a, a conversation to acknowledge how how much they're experiencing at that time and all the changes in the body and just a bit of guidance on like, hey, I know this is confusing and, and it's still kind of confusing for me and relating to that and and just acknowledging also that, you know, sex is a sacred act and it's something that we're sharing our energy and our love with someone. And it's, it's so easy to engage in that as humans, because we're, you know, at a base level, that monkey mind that is just like looks around and, and, you know, I see a woman and my mind is just like, Oh, woman, beautiful sex. It's like where my mind goes, but I have the cognitive ability to be aware of that. And then, not act in those ways but to acknowledge that these things are natural and they're going to come up and and to just have more awareness around what that energy is and and where you want to place it and and I think what I would really want to and I really appreciate getting to even think and speak this out loud Hmm. so thank you um but I think the big piece I would want to acknowledge is just like with everything that there's so much beauty that can be shared in a relationship, but I truly feel like the most important relationship is the one that we have with ourselves. So it's like learning how to cultivate that energy and share it with yourself and show love to yourself and your body. And that there's no shame in masturbation. I mean, don't do it in public and don't do it anywhere you can, but do it in, in your room in a sacred place and, and, move that energy and don't just worry about your your penis you know like touch your whole body let yourself feel the love um and that would i guess right now would be my answer of of what i would say um but yeah who knows maybe in 10 years there'll be a little more there to share oh my god i feel like you just that's what i wish that i i think okay whoa first of all like i can't even talk i'm like Wow. <laughs> from the dentist. Um, okay, remember how I was saying I couldn't figure out why I have that depletion feeling? Yeah. I feel like it's it's what you just said. I feel like it's because no one ever taught me to f- understand and like love and feel my own, you know my own body. Like, mm-hmm. I it. like I think when you said that, I was almost kind of envisioning you saying that to my like little self and I I realized that I've never 
yeah, I've never, I think that might be it is that, I mean, obviously now is I'm turning 32 next week and I'm definitely happy with my body. I love my body. I'm definitely less insecure than I used to be when I was 17 about all the little features that I used to hate. And, um, but it's not even about that. It's not about the outside. It's about like that inside, that connection. Um, and it's something that I don't even think I was fully aware of. And maybe that's kind of what's made me so uncomfortable sometimes mm. when it comes to to sex. I, f- I can even think of a, a partner or, I mean, people who've told me the same thing where they just, they don't even feel connected to themselves and then therefore cannot even connect in partnership with people. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <sighs> yeah. And I mean... Just even with that, I, I feel like there there can be so much shame that's brought into, there's like a heaviness that came in, just feeling that and, and that sex can be something that, yeah, is, is a way to disconnect from your body rather than to connect deeper for some people and, and how they grew up being around sex and maybe in like an angry household where, you know, they were moving through their teenage and pubescent years and and feeling all these hormones go while their parents are screaming in the other room and so they start to get you know neurons that fire together wire together and so as you're feeling pleasure and there's rage and fear on the other side and those things start to meld together and that's where it can lead into places that uh yeah people disconnect from their bodies and and it's just um, yeah, there's a lot to like come back home in that sense. And, and it takes work once we're, you know, 31, 32 years old. Uh, it, there's a lot to work through there to like build that connection. Um, so it's so crucial, I think, to like build that from a young age so that you can have that foundation. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so much so. And yeah, you just nailed another thing. That's exactly it for me. I think that my experience with sex has always been to disconnect from my body because I wanted to disconnect from all my pain. Mm. That's what I used sex as, I think. So that's probably, that's it. Like that, that makes, I mean, obviously there's probably more to it, but you're revealing everything about me. <laughs> you're healing trauma up in here. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what this is supposed to be about. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, have you, have you always kind of, or like what has your experience, I mean, since we're just talking about sex now. Um, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, did you ever kind of disconnect or have that feeling where you just had to kind of come back home or? Yeah. For me, um, at an early age, it's definitely been about, because I heard so much about men and and getting to that orgasm first and just like you know pump pump done and so I really did not want to go into that and so my from a very early age it's it's like always been about pleasuring the woman and making sure that that pleasure comes first and so there is like a bit of a disconnect in expressing my desires and expressing what I want and how I want to be treated and it's just focusing on on the woman 
and and so and then it's like okay once that's once that task is done we can put that task aside and then we can complete the other task which is for me to have an orgasm and so it's it's like this very task oriented engagement that i'm involved in that feels very disconnected now looking in hindsight from the energy that I know is possible there. So I wouldn't say like disconnection um, from emotion, maybe actually even, yeah, it's like disconnecting from the experience and the challenges of life. It's like the, you know, the hormones that we get through, through sex. Like we, we talked about this last time we connected and um, it's like, yeah, all of that dopamine rush and everything that's happening during an orgasm is, such a, a great way just like alcohol and drugs and all these simple pleasures it, it allows me to disconnect from what my actual experience is and to ignore what's going on in my body and to just have a moment of pleasure and so yeah a lot of that has shifted now but it's definitely like throughout my teens and 20s it was a lot of of disconnection from my true experience and just going into pleasure and pleasuring others. Okay. Well, first of all, you are a rarity among men. No one like it is rare to find anyone who just wants to pleasure the woman first. I, that's something that, I mean, maybe it's just common among me and my girlfriends, but also just, uh, it, it blows my mind to think that like, we truly are living in a world where we have so much opportunity to feel we're given these bodies, these gifts from wherever they came from uh, to have these experiences. And we're not like, we're really, we're just, we're living in that matrix where we're just kind of mindlessly going through it. But we have, it's like, if this were a video game, we haven't unlocked any of like that, those special codes that you can actually really experience. Like we're just going through the most basic version of the game. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, we're not flying up into the clouds like Mario and finding the the secret cloud world where there's so many more coins and so much action happening. It's like, oh no, I'm just going to stay down here with the little turtles and the Goombas. Honestly. And I think about that all the time. Like sometimes I'll just be like walking down the street and just looking at everyone thinking like, look at all of us just going to do the things that we're going to do. Like we have no idea how much we are on autopilot and it starts freaking me out like I I don't know why I I think about this often like I every time I see a person like a stranger I'm like they're on their own little you know where they're the main person in their story but we're all just doing this exact same thing Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah well that's why I freaking love group work and bringing you know, what I do is bringing men, but I love bringing humans together or being in a group of humans because when you can have a safe container where you're able to be vulnerable and you're able to open up and you're able to share your experience, you quickly start to realize like, whoa, I'm not alone here. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's experience is different, but the things that we are experiencing, the emotions and the sensations are all the same and i think that's to me what is is the thing that can unify us right now is like we worry about all this stuff outside of us and 
it's like, what's going on inside of you? Because it's the same thing that's going on inside of me. So let's talk about it. Can you tell me how you got into men's work? Like, can we, are, are you comfortable with diving into that again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the first piece for me is growing up. Uh, it's always been easier for me to connect with women. The relationships with women have always been something that are just, yeah, like I've been my first girlfriend when was when I was in grade one, like, and it was an actual girlfriend. Like I, I can remember and, and, and like grade two, I dated a girl for eight months, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, And it's like these, yeah. So it was always easier. And I, of course I had a lot of male friends, like, but that usually came through sport playing hockey or, you know, being at school and these places. So there was no real intimate connection that was happening. That always happened with women. And that was the first piece where in my 20s, my late 20s, like 25, 26, where I started to realize, like, yeah, like we talked at the beginning of this, is that I haven't had that, like, strong role model in my life. And again, dad, I love you. Uh, You have been such a strong role model in so many ways, but this is something different where it's, it's, I haven't had that connection. And so that was my first desire is like, I need to connect with men in a deeper way, in a more intimate way. Um, And so that's what brought me there. And, and the piece that really brought me into leading men's work and wanting to share with other men is, yeah, a a close family member of mine was sexually abused and had a very traumatic experience with, yeah, like two men uh, abducting her into a van and um, sexually abusing her. And, yeah, just knowing that story and and i know you know so many women have experienced that um and that fills my belly with rage at times but there's so much sadness and so much hurt there and so i want to create a space where we can like open up on what our experiences is and hopefully you know bring some healing to the world so that we don't keep perpetuating the trauma that's happening out there. Um, because I care so much about all human beings and, and so I'm wanting to do what I can to, to kind of bring that back home, you know? Thank you for sharing that. And we talked about it before. I, I mean, I have also had, um, an unfortunate experience with, with sexual assault and, um, that topic is something so sensitive that we need to address more because I mean, in my experience, it wasn't, it wasn't a situation where I don't want to put any scales on it, but it was just at the time I, I didn't even want to acknowledge that that is what happened. And that's what I think is so scary about all of those experiences is that there after they happens that there's this lack of kind of validation for the person who experienced it. Mm-hmm. And then also a lack of an uh, acknowledgement for the person who, who, who did it, you know? Um, so to know that 
you know, you're, you know, you're doing the work and raising awareness to bring that consciousness to all of us is, is huge. Um, so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I think what comes up in me there is, is talking how important it is about consent and boundaries and respecting other people's boundaries. And that's something definitely weave into uh, the men's work. And like for me on a personal level, I, I remember being with a woman, you know, after a night at the bar and, you know, we, we went back to my house, excuse me, we went back to my house and we yeah started kissing on the couch, watching a movie and, and you know making out and then it just progressed and um there was never a moment like everything was happening when you're engaged in that like you're getting hot and sweaty and clothes are coming off and and we're having sex and and then at the end she was like you just took advantage of me there and it's like whoa like this is the only time someone's and that's a big accusation to say you know it's like whoa, no, I didn't because I did not feel that at all. And, but then I realized, and she shared, like, she's didn't feel comfortable to tell me no. So she just like kept letting everything happen. And like, I was just like, holy shit, you know, I didn't even know that something like this could happen. And that's where the first time that like consent came in and boundaries and understanding and not just like moving through things, thinking like, oh, this feels right. And she wants this. And it's like, no, she just had experiences in her past that have been so traumatic that she can't even say no. And it's like, wow, that really opened my eyes. And and so that's something that we really like focus on is like what are our boundaries and what are we consenting to, but making sure that you always, always communicate that with your partner and understand, you know, what do they want? And, and not when you're already engaged because yeah, all these hormones go, which is just like a drug. Mm -hmm. So it's like, maybe you show up there and you're saying like, I don't want to have sex with this person tonight. But once you're making out on the couch, maybe you're willing to take your clothes off, but it's like, no, your boundary was, I don't want to have sex tonight. So we need to honor that and and we can move forward at another time when you actually feel safe to do that. Like where does, I'm almost like wondering where does that come from? I mean, it comes, you know what I mean? Like why, how do we teach not only one person to to know how to ask and communicate, but how do we teach the other side to to even know what they want and understand what they need in their body in that moment? Because that's what I feel like is that a lot of times I didn't even know what I wanted. So then I had these conflicting feelings of, well, that feels really good when he puts his hand there. But at the same time, why do I feel so unsafe? And then when mm-hmm. you start getting turned on, everything kind of gets convoluted. And the next thing you know, you're just having sex already. Yeah. 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 It's confusing when all that happens. And I would guess what I would think there is, is like, we need to stop taking actions when when we're a bit confused and, and step back, although that's challenging to do and, and maybe not the best approach. It's 
kind of like that. Uh, just don't have sex before marriage. Just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't have sex, you're going to get and you're going to die. So. <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of it, it comes to the, the people pleasing aspect where it's like, and I've had women tell me that that's what their mom would tell them. Like you do what the man wants to be happy because he is going to be the one taking care of of your kids and it's like whoa and and even just hearing what you said it's like if and in that moment that I shared with this woman it's like if if she had communicated at all like and I get that she couldn't and I'm not blaming her for not being able to but if there had been one word of like whoa this feels uncomfortable for me like it's like whoa I don't want to engage in something so let's talk about that you know and Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, it's a it's a big shift to make from where people are at. But I think again, it comes back to like, how are we raising that that this culture, and um, and what are we telling people to do? And it comes back to sovereignty. I think of like taking responsibility for yourself, your emotions, your pleasure, your desires, your boundaries, and really like learning about those and and being open about them as much as you can because that's all we have is ourselves and and we need to like build that relationship of trust with ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah so like the conversation shouldn't even be about the birds and the bees like it should be a conversation about hey you know you're coming into your body right now your body's going to have all these changes and you're going to have these physical feelings that are going to be very overpowering but these are ways that we can you know have you kind of connect and understand and and trust yourself more and 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 help, you know, that the youth know the difference between these physical feelings and, and, and your own personal needs. Um, that would be what like my biggest wish would be. I mean, if we could even incorporate that into the educate, like think about sex ed, all we do is show gross pictures with, I hated sex ed because I am a little squeamish when it comes to all those, all the, the wounds and the gaping everything it freaked me (laughs) I could not we need to educate kids on STIs obviously but I mean I'd love to see like some good intentional education on how to really really understand and connect with yourself gosh like I feel like that's I feel like that's everybody's life journey is to finally you know you get to your 30s and you're like oh wow I have no idea who I am I don't really I'm not really connected to my body I either choose to try and learn or I choose to keep staying unaware and numb and then just die. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an exciting picture of life. Okay, well like that did sound no, like I get you. It's true. Like that <laughs> it is. Like it's I had no idea and I still don't. I'm just starting to tap in and yeah, we're around the same age. It's like holy shit, the, the first 25 years of my life were just an absolute whirlwind where I had no conscious awareness of what I was doing. It's just based on pleasure or what someone else is doing and wanting to fit in or, you know, what my parents said I should do or shouldn't do and, and just all these different things that is like, I'm not coming back to self in any way at all. I'm, I'm totally just external and and that's the piece that is at the foundation of like every every group that we run and always starts with self because 
that's where everything starts. It's like self, right? Oh my gosh. It sounds so simple, but like it, it, like nobody does it at all. (laughs) And I think about, I remember in this like four year relationship, I thought I was becoming so experienced with sex because you know, we started having sex and, you know, and then we're dating and then, you know, a year goes by and then we're bringing in toys into the picture. And then we're like, you know, then we start experimenting in, in different holes. (laughs) 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 I'm getting so awkward about it. Like we've been talking about the sex for like an hour. I just need to like, just say it out loud. Um, you know, and in my mind I was like, I am like, I'm, I'm so experienced. Like I'm, I'm really taking things to the next level. Um, and I'm just so adventurous <laughs> and so back at that all, I'm like, I wasn't moving up in levels at all. Like, I mean, yeah, I tried different things and I've had those experiences now, but in regards to just connecting with myself and connecting with my partner, we had amazing sex for four years and I had a great time. Don't get, like probably one of the best sex relationships I've ever had in my life. But hmm. when it comes to actually what you can have and experience in sex, which I think is the connection part, that did not happen. Not touching yeah. that person. We just didn't even know that was available. I didn't even know that was available. Now, if I were to like hook up with someone, I would, I'd rather, instead of them being like, let's, let's bring in a butt plug. I want to be like, can we bring in some breath work? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like someone just do some breath work with you, please. Like, before anything happens. You know, you're transcending to 5D when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, no one's actually do breath work yet, but yeah. But yeah, I think building on that and, and bringing back to kind of the, the the men's work piece is that something that we I mean we start every one of our meetings with breath work because it's such a powerful place to come into your body and to be aware of your experience and to to kind of start shifting energy around in your body and then when we're in person as well like like you said you didn't even know if you've had eye contact and it's like having two men sit across from each other and spend a minute gazing into each other's eyes without any words is like one of the most powerful and transformational experiences that I've seen men go through and that they've shared going through because they'll be like, I've never even looked at my partner in the eyes that long. Like that was weird and intimate, but I enjoyed it. And, and, yeah, to start like layering things into that as well is, again, it, it's, I mean, we're mirrors of each other. So it's like looking into your eyes is just a gateway to my soul and to understanding that the person on the other side of this has had so many different experiences. And, but at the core of who you are, you just want the same thing that I want and that's to be loved and to have connection and to have some sort of purpose in your life. Mm -hmm. And when you can like soften into that knowing in your heart and see that in a person in front of you, it just opens you up in a way that, you know, for me, it's, it's such a, a beautiful way to like soften and open and start to allow these different ways of connecting with each other to, to even begin before we even get anywhere near sexual energy. 
Have you always been like that? Like, did you just like, were you like that 10 year old that was just like, Hey mom, I don't think that ice cream is a part of my journey today. So I think I'm just going to stick with like some really good vegetables and maybe some chicken tonight. You know, like <laughs> you as a kid, were you just like that super intentional, awesome child? Like, were you? No, I was like more ice cream, <laughs> more pleasure. <laughs> like when did you become this version of you? Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, there's always been that a weaving through I have like a big pleasure button for sure that I love to like tap on but um I think there is that space of that's always been there but for sure more in the last like seven eight years where yeah I recognize that there's that piece of me that is that like let me hit the pleasure button it's like all right dude shut the fuck up like there's there's more that needs to be like coming out here you know and totally i i couldn't agree more okay tell me what you're excited about what's coming up next for you um i'm excited i've been living down here in nicaragua for since september and i'll be going back to my home country in canada in May or June and I'm just so excited to because I've given my feminine so much love and so much space down here to feel and to create and to explore and I just feel like I'm so ready to share this with the people I love and my community back home Um, and like with things opening up and summer coming around it's like yeah, like I'm bringing people in person and I'm going to shake up everything that's going on. Uh, and I, I just, I'm really excited to bring community together, um, bring the men's group together. We've been running online for the last couple of years. And so we'll be, yeah, um, bringing that together in person. And so that's something big for me. Um, I recently launched like my own personal one-on-one coaching business and so I've got my first few clients but that's also starting to grow and I'm really excited to to kind of keep nurturing that and bringing out my creative energy through that as well as giving others the space um and I think the other thing just on a more general level is like even though there's so much chaos happening in the world like I'm so excited for the next 10 years and to see where things go and and to be a part of creating the world that I want to see um yeah I'm, I'm I'm really excited for for that as well so um yeah I don't know I don't know if that answers the question to, to but yeah that's that's what came up for me. That's what's alive right now. It's um, amazing. I'm I'm. You should be very proud of yourself. I, I I love everything you're doing, and you have such a infectious energy. I feel like you telling me that is making me all excited and motivated, inspired to kind of tap into more stuff and 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 allow myself more room for creativity. Um. So um. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see all the things that you do and. Um, it's so cool to see someone really know they're like you're clearly very attuned 
to your needs. And, you know, that's, that's, that's so valuable. Um, not to say that you're perfect. I'm sure you have, you've had your challenges, but, um, you know, it, it, you are, a, I said that before, you know, you're a rarity among men in that, you know, allowing yourself to really create that space for whatever you need in that moment is, is really, really cool. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing everything today. Thank you, Alice. I appreciate you seeing me in that way. And uh, yeah, I am hoping to have a lot more men in that way and, and that it's not such a rarity because uh, it's a beautiful life to live. <laughs>